Hey, girlfriends, welcome to another episode of Girlfriends and Goals. We're your hosts, Miosha and Samaria. This podcast is a space where we'll talk about friendships, life goals, a little bit of pop culture, and all things womanhood. On today's episode, we're talking about the classic Black movies that we've all seen and that we all love. We're going to break down why we feel like they're low-key or high-key problematic in some cases. So we definitely have a good episode in store. But first, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please make sure that you leave us a five-star rating and write a review. And if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to our channel and give this video a thumbs up. Okay, so we're just going to jump right into uh, the movies and then do um, our segment at the end. I think we should start with Love and Basketball, because to me, that is like everybody's favorite movie. I feel like for a good 10 years, if -hmm. you ask somebody, what's your favorite movie? Love and Basketball was either their answer or their runner up. And so I want to start with that one just to talk about what things we love about the movie, why we think it's a classic, and then we can get into the problematic bits. Yeah, I think we love it. And okay, I don't know if I should say we, but (laughs) I'm generalizing. I think the culture loves it because it's a classic boy meets girl. They're young. They grow up together. High school sweetheart-ish type of love. And even though they have a lot of hurdles, they end up working out in the end. And so I think there's this element of one, you don't see that that much with our generation of people dating from that young of an age and actually working out. Mm -hmm. So it seems almost out of reach, but it's so sweet when you see it. I'm grateful. I have some people in my life who are like high school sweethearts and it is just It looks good. It feels good, especially when it's healthy love. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why we really feel connected to this movie. I'll start with one of the scenes that's, uh, I guess, one of my tops from the movie is the dance scene where, y'all, I'm sorry, I'm going to intermix the actual characters' names with their real names. I apologize, but Gabrielle Union's character was just doing the most at the dance to keep Q's attention. Yeah. (laughs) She was pulling out all the stops and it did not matter. He could not keep his attention off of Monica. So yeah, that's one of my top scenes in the movies. I have others, but I'll let you say one of yours. Okay. So I, I think the reason why people love this movie is because it allows for error Um, And I think a lot of times when there are mistakes along the way, we think, okay, this relationship shouldn't be something that lasts. At least if there are a lot of errors and um, like big mistakes during the dating process, I know for me, that would be a sign that maybe this just needs to stay in the dating process (laughs) and not progress. But um I think a lot of people like it because it allows for the growth of characters, uh, which would include them making mistakes and correcting them later on down the line. And so I think it's a great movie because you see that 
progression. You see them as kids when they're not really um, thinking about hurting the other person's feelings. They're just kind of going, <laughs> going for, what is it? Going for the kill, going in for the kill. Girl, here you go with these comments. <laughs> you know, I don't be knowing. <laughs> All right. So... <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, when you are younger and maybe there isn't as much care with your words to mm -hmm. a later stage in life where you can accept, okay, I've made this mistake and try to get past it. So, yeah, I and then, of course, it's a love story. It's like, you know, they were so drawn to each other that nothing could keep them apart for all these years of not talking together. So I think that's what uh, kind of drew younger me in. To mm. that movie. Um, one of my favorite scenes has to be <clears throat> there's so many to pick from. Okay. So this this is the scene where um I think she waited to open her college acceptance letter until she was with him. So it's like after the prom, mm -hmm. and she's like, she'd been scared, but he was her safe space, like she felt like whatever the the answer was from the school she felt comfortable with sharing that moment with him so I think mm. that was one of my favorites and then another interesting one I don't want to say one of my favorites but another interesting scene was when she came back from Spain and was walking in her heels and he saw her outside so I mm. thought like that was because they had known each other so long nobody else really could have had that conversation with her except him so yeah a couple of my favorites yeah, I want to wrench in one more scene too. That's one of my favorites, but it's the one where it's her and her mom in the kitchen towards the end and they're having this heart to heart. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, Monica's basically like, you know, you've been the caterer and chauffeur of the family and her mom is just saying like, hey, like I've enjoyed having that role. Yeah. Then Monica goes on to express how she, you know, felt away about her not being at her games and her mom is like yeah but you really didn't need me there and it just showed how two people can be in the same situation and be close but just have such a different perspective uh but yeah I I love that scene it's definitely a tearjerker moment <laughs> no that that scene is the best because that's when um her mom slaps her and she's <laughs> like oh no are they cursing their mamas in Spain that for me is one of like Alfre Woodard's best delivered lines ever. <laughs> it lives in my mind rant free. Um, yeah. So yeah, I really like that. But another mother daughter moment that really touched me was when her mom was saying, oh, remember that time I said, I felt like you could have done better. It's because like I had you in mind. Like I think you are better than the person who he was supposed to end up with um at the end so yeah. yeah I don't know it's just a classic it's such a good movie so we we've been talking about all the good things so tell me what's what's problematic for you nothing no just kidding <laughs> okay the first time someone even hinted that this movie was problematic it was a friend of mine who I met on Instagram um, and I've known her for years we actually met in person once but she was saying how much she hated the movie on her stories. And I responded like, girl, this is blasphemy. What are you talking about? You don't like loving basketball. She was the first person I had heard say that. But essentially she was saying it's giving struggle love a little bit. Um, and like the storyline, like he broke up with her in college, which he shouldn't have done. He should have 
known better and he should have talked through what his feelings were but he goes on a date with another girl when she's right there and then he comes after and doesn't even apologize for it and when she's like okay well how can I trust you moving forward he says I'm not asking us to move forward like that was the worst way to break up and I think he really showed the character really showed his immaturity in that moment and so for her to come back and be the one groveling at the end to get his attention, talking about play me in basketball after he has a fiance and all of that, that is problematic to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's giving a bit of desperate energy, yes. even though it doesn't come across that way on screen, because we clearly know that they love each other. They're into each other. So it's kind of, a sneaky struggle love and that the energy doesn't provide that it's desperate just because of the chemistry. And we know that he does like her and care for her, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, I could definitely see the struggle love of it. Also just the way he broke up with her. So there is a way for him to have broken up with her without bringing that new girl to his All place right. in front of her. Like, is this a threesome date? What is this? <laughs> Talking really about it private. took a cheap date to get you to pay attention. Okay, I'm gonna need you to use your words, sir. Yeah. So for me, uh, one of the pieces that I found a little bit problematic, and I know some people may not agree with me, but uh, it's the whole storyline between Q's parents mm -hmm. and how the dad was kind of propped up and presented in a certain way his entire life. And the mom and the dad have been struggling, clearly having these issues. The mom had been feeling away. And so I think what's problematic about that is it's there. I understand that there's a fine line between, okay, you don't want to show your children too much, but as your child is gearing up for adulthood, I do think that it's important for us to keep in mind, like how we're presenting our relationship and ourselves to our parents almost as perfect. And I feel like that was a bit what was going on there where his dad presented himself as one way, his mom was shielding him, I think from a lot of the truth. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think the way that he took the information about the dad cheating and the side baby yeah. was even bigger probably than what it needed to be. And it led to him being estranged from his dad for like five years because of the way the dad was so propped up. And yeah. so I don't know, for me, that was a bit problematic because I think that we should, to a certain extent, as our kids are gearing up for adulthood, be more transparent about, you know, kind of where things are in our marriages, who yeah. we are as people. Um, but I understand it's a fine line because they are still young. So you have to find that way of effectively communicating that in a way that's like emotionally appropriate for where they're at. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So he had his dad on a pedestal the entire, almost the entire movie and his mom kind of allowed it to the mm -hmm. point where even when his dad lied to him, he didn't, he didn't even want to believe the lie yeah he was shook and even yeah. he said to the mom like well it ain't no thing you don't believe it do you yeah like <laughs> when they were at the pool <laughs> right she's like boy here go these pictures okay <laughs> yes i believe it and so i think him and how he responded to that definitely impacted of course what he was requiring from monica because it's like okay 
I understand you have this thing going on. I'm going to sit out here as long as I can with you. I'm going to be there for you as much as I can. But she also needed support in that moment. And so there was like this conflict of her trying to do what was right for their relationship, but also her needing to do what was right for her. And I don't, do you think she picked right by like leaving that night and going to her dorm so that she wouldn't get in trouble instead of staying with him? What do you think? Yes. Okay. Because this was outside of her control. Yeah. And also a piece of the storyline is that he's already propped up to be like this high round pick. I'm not yes. sure how they describe it, but she came in more entry level. <laughs> yeah. You know, and is like literally fighting her way to have the starting position and he's already there. Yes. So they weren't even coming in at the same station. So of, of course she chose right. <laughs> yeah. Especially as a, like an 18 year old college freshman, like you don't put your dreams to the side for a partner. Because then they, when they go and take a girl out on a cheap date, you're going to be standing there looking stuck. So I think it was good. And I think at the very end, just another instance of them showing the progression of characters, him sitting on the sidelines while she was on the court in the WNBA, I thought was them showing his growth as a supportive partner. Like it doesn't always have to be about me being on the court and you cheering me on, but I can chill and cheer you on from the sidelines too. So I don't know, the writing to me was excellent in this film. Yeah, and you spoke to his growth, but I think when they were younger, I think he was very comfortable with being in the position of being the better ball player or being yes. in a better position. And so when she started winning and was starting, that was uncomfortable yeah. for him. And so I think for her, even though it worked out in the movie, that's also a risk. Because how do you know going forward that this person will be okay with your success? Very much so. And I think like in real life too, this is a big thing. So for example, a husband who's making more money than his wife and then the roles change and maybe his ego is a little fragile and he's not able to adapt to how things are. So even though he was a young character, I can fully see this happening in real life with older people, you know, who are going through this like transition of, oh, well, now she's making more than I am. And how does that affect my ego? So, yeah. All right. Well, if that's <laughs> all you have on love and basketball, I think so. <laughs> let's move on to soul food. Okay. Yeah. All right. What do I love about this movie besides the soundtrack? Because listen, <laughs> That soundtrack mm -hmm. is top tier. Like maybe Waiting to Exhale beats this as far as movie soundtracks, but it's an excellent soundtrack. So that's one of the first things that I love about it. And I love that it's centered around family issues because I think it, well, <laughs> I was going to say it's very realistic, but some of those family issues were not realistic at all. Well, <laughs> We'll right. see. <laughs> but <laughs> I like that it um it shows family problems and them being worked out and how slow that process is and how at the end of it everybody won't be as cool as they were going in. Like that's just the reality. And so I like that it shows those dynamics and uh yeah, I think they mm -hmm. also showed a variety of relationships. So 
I wanted to say they showed a very healthy relationship with Vivica Fox's character and Maxine. her husband. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but because they started kind of not so, you know, like the way they started, I think, uh, takes away from that for me. But overall, they had a very healthy relationship. So they portrayed that. And then they portrayed not just... Um, one relationship issue but different ones so the thing with Neil Long's character and her husband and then the thing with Terry and her husband so I think yeah there's a variety of stuff there that we can sit down and talk about when it comes to this movie and I think that's great sorry I said a whole lot you, you know go. it's it's fine um I don't know I I kind of feel a variety of struggle relationships yeah. that they showed okay. but um going back to one of the things I love about this movie is for me, it's very nostalgic growing up in my family. Uh, Sunday dinners was a big thing. We would always go to my great grandmother's house. I mean, I can't, when she was alive, I can't think of a Sunday dinner that we didn't go. Wow. And when she moved on, I remember saying to my mom, like, okay, I guess you have to pick up, pick up the ring. <laughs> Sunday dinner all on you girl yeah <laughs> uh but yeah so just watching that is just so nostalgic for me the food um the vibe and then also just you know the I don't know if I want to say pressure but the importance you know laid out by the elders of coming together as a family yes. uh it was just so relatable for me it felt like scenes from my own family so yeah I really love that and I did put down that I loved how they portrayed Maxine's relationship even though there was you know some questionable behavior in the I beginning can't. yeah uh I can't they already <laughs> yeah they already didn't like each other so I will say just to your point about the elders bringing the family together I like how they showed the like child's role in that because I think a lot of times people think, oh, well, the adults are the mature ones. But a lot of times a child can lead the way. And I think in real families, they miss that. And so I love that it was portrayed in the film like, hey, sometimes just the, the innocence of a child and, you know, the pureness of their heart can lead the family to coming back together. Uh, so, yeah, I liked I like that, too. Yeah. Uh, favorite scenes? Oh, favorite scenes. I don't know. Okay, so I think a top one for me uh -huh. was when uh, Terry, and I believe the husband's name is Miles. Yes, Miles. Okay, when they're sitting down, having dinner. I think this is after Big Mama has had her stroke. Yes. Terry comes in from work. He's cooking. And they kind of get into this tiff about the money and how he want, took like $5,000 out of the account. But what makes that scene for me was after he gets up and leaves and then Faith comes in mm -hmm. <laughs> half dressed and uh, the way that Terry like looks back at her. I think they were talking about like what her plan was or how long she was supposed to be there. The way she looked her up and down. <laughs> <laughs> it just every time I see that scene, it takes me out. So, yeah, yeah. that's one of my favorite ones. OK, my favorite scene is it probably shouldn't be my favorite scene, but when Terry is trying to cut Miles with the knife. At the I was going to say that scene, but I feel like, I, I was like, I feel like she's going to say that. So I'm going to say a different one. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my favorite. I mean, the, 
the acting was amazing. The way that they all looked so surprised, like they were actually in the moment. I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, so that that had to have been one of my favorite scenes. And then I think the second one would be at Nia Long's wedding. <laughs> oh. I don't know none of these characters, but when he was dancing with the the other woman and they told her, but by the time she came out, Big Mama had come in and was the one dancing with him. I I liked that scene. Um, so. A bit unrealistic that he would be that bold. Uh, At the, their the wedding. Char- yeah, the team. character you're talking about is Bird. That's Nia Long's character. Thank yeah. <laughs> Listen, I have forgotten all of their names. Um, Yeah, it's that one's older than Love and Basketball. I think it came out in the 90s. I feel like 98 or something like that is when that one came out. Yeah. So for me, what makes this, uh, I guess, a portion of this movie that's problematic Mm -hmm. is. So you mentioned earlier this encouragement from the elders to you know stay together give people chances room Mm -hmm. for growth but I put that that was a little bit problematic in the movie Mm -hmm. um the whole dynamic between Faith Big Mama Faith kind of being this wild card character of a person uh we find out later in the movie some of the stuff Terry says that she's done in the past um, that has like put the family in a bad situation or big mama. And so, as we know, Faith is the person that ends up sleeping with Terry's husband, which was definitely his fault. But I put that it's problematic because I understand that you should give people second chances and that your family. But I think when people show you who they are, I do think that like boundaries should be in place that are appropriate mm-hmm. um, to protect the people even within the family. So yeah, for me, you know, Big Mama having this, I guess, limitless love yeah. for faith and understanding, I get, but at the same time, it puts Terry in a position where she's kind of forced to take her in yeah, and then the subsequent chain of events happen. Mm. So I, for me, that's a bit problematic because I think at a certain point, you should put up more boundaries than that. And it's also almost kind of glorified at the end where it's like, but we're still family and Mm. we still all need to come together. And it's like, yes, we're still family, but you still do need healthy boundaries based off of people's behavior. So, yeah, I, I, I get that for sure. Um, I I think one of the things that makes it problematic for me is just everything surrounding Terry as a character. So mm. she, I feel like justice for Terry at this point because she was penalized for being successful. And I think a bit of that came from like Big Mama mm-hmm. and it being acceptable that Terry's the one to come to everybody's aid. And I'm like, who was sticking up for Terry? You know, like she got her man taken and and now the family's just accepting that, you know, this is uh, Maxine's man, you know? Like she got that taken away from her. And then maybe to your point about boundaries, like I wish there had been boundaries respected when it came to Terry. Now, I think in her in her marriage, 
I don't know. Maybe that's where she could have done something differently. But I would have to sit and really think about that because I am such an advocate of people following their dreams. And I think maybe if she would have been slightly more supportive, I think everything she said was valid, but I do think like maybe some support. And I think he also could have given her a lot more time. Like if you're thinking about leaving a stable position to do something that's not stable, and you've probably been thinking about it for some time, you need to give your partner time to think about it and time to get on board with it. And so I think those dynamics were interesting. But other than that, I think justice for Terry, because why was she the one who everybody had to come to to fix their problems? And then if she didn't want to get involved, she still had to, because then she would seem like the bad guy. So I mm -hmm. think she's like, you know, they say like first daughters deserve an award. Mm -hmm. That's literally Terry's character. Yeah. And then I I do think that there was this expectation of, okay, well, when you do help, keep your mouth shut about it. Right. Now, there <laughs> were a few scenes where she was doing the most, but yeah. I think that was a bit of her humbling people into being, I guess, gracious for the assistance that she did provide. I don't know. Her character just seemed stressed the entire time. Yeah. I also wonder too, if, maybe she put out this energy of independence or I'm strong and I got it that like over time, she kind of played into that role, but it seems like she never even had a choice. Right. Like it was placed on her almost. That's that. She's like, I'm, I'm going to embrace it since I'm here now. Yeah. And honestly, even like her being strong, I think maybe it wasn't even strength. It was her being like hardened, you know, after so many of those things happen, you, you become, you fall victim to the circumstances, you know, like you mm -hmm. can only respond in certain ways because you've been so hurt. And it seems like nobody, like nobody was hearing her, you know, like when it came to big mama and Maxine was like, Oh yeah. So we figured you would pay it out. And then we would, it's like, what? Like, how do you know I got it? How do you know? I want to, you know, like give towards this or at least let me offer it don't y'all get together and be like oh well she got it like don't don't do that so yeah and yeah, um it was that was the scene that triggered her I think when they were in the kitchen and they were like oh yeah you'll just pay it and then we'll pay you back yeah yeah the nerve she said <laughs> at the family <laughs> you know what the family did I brought the family to my house the family slept with my husband <laughs> like okay Terry girl uh yeah actually the the whole dynamic with like faith and uh the scene where she like shows up to one of miles's um performances yes. and uh it made me think about was it kira sheared and she was like nobody stays at my house we'll get them a hotel at the down the street <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly why and the way she kept calling him cousin cousin that that was another one of my favorite scenes mainly because it, it just got under my skin how many times she kept calling him cousin yeah 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 and she was definitely well of course he was the one who had a marriage to protect but really that's your family so why would you even yeah she she was flirting with it faith wouldn't have been allowed around around my my people so one other thing that I want to bring up before we move on is mm -hmm. the dynamic of bird and limbs relationship okay. and how 
you know, he's <laughs> fresh out of prison and he's struggling to keep a job. His per his perception of her is that she's expects a lot and she has her designer labels or whatever. Mm -hmm. She's successful. She just started her own shop. And so she takes on the position of, hey, I'm going to try to help him yes. find a job. And then at the end, I believe, I think it was Maxine. They're like in the hallway. I think they're like meeting up to have lunch or breakfast with uh, Terry. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, you got to let a man be a man. You can't get in his way. What do you think of her advice with that whole thing? Okay. So I don't necessarily think it is, oh, you got to let a man be a man, even though that's what she said. I agree mm -hmm. with it. And and so far as <laughs> like, I don't think, I think each person should have some wiggle room to like figure things out themselves. And I think that was maybe good advice for Bird because she went and put herself in the business and got her ex to hire, you know, her husband. It's like, what do y'all, are y'all not even thinking? Like, what makes you think that is okay? And didn't even tell him. And didn't even tell him. Like, to be fair, he didn't tell her he had lost his job initially, which again comes from bad advice because um, Maxine's, Maxine's husband. <laughs> See, you got to be careful who you take advice from because it was her her husband who told him not to say anything. And now she's saying, oh, you can't get in a man's way. But yeah, it's advice that she should have taken. But I I do like to be careful with making that a, a gendered thing because I do think based on people's personalities, some people want that space to figure it out themselves. Like I remember at my first job, um one of my coworkers was like, like he kept trying to help me do stuff and I was mm. like no if you give me two seconds I got it and he was like um wow you really don't like people helping you I'm like that's not even what it is but as soon as I go to start doing something here you come and you're not giving me the space so I think it's just like based on people's personality sometimes don't get in the way um mm. and she definitely should not have because it gave that other man the upper hand over her husband and look at how that turned out Not and of all the men to go for help from girl hire him in your shot well I mean she couldn't have because ego and you know appearance and stuff like that but yeah anywhere else <sighs> jeez <laughs> yeah okay um do we want to do the best man next because especially and I know you haven't seen it yet so we won't be doing spoilers Okay. But, um, especially with the final chapters coming out on Peacock, I think this this movie deserves to be looked at as far as it being problematic. Um, the first movie. Let's just let's just keep it at the first movie. We don't even have to go farther than that. <laughs> yeah. So okay, I'll start with a scene or two that I like in this movie. Okay. For me, it's the card table scene where <laughs> like the air was so thick yeah you could cut it the acting in that scene was just amazing and there's so many problematic things and just like that three to four minute window but yeah. yeah the card table scene where um I think it's Terrence Howard's character Quentin is that his name yeah where he's is. like basically egging on Lance uh so yeah that scene and I'll talk a little bit later why there's a lot of stuff in there that's problematic and then the altar scene mm -hmm. where like Morris Chestnut is like crying through his vows, but 
is not for the reason. Oh, so that's your problematic one? No, no, no. Well, no, I'm just talking about scenes that I like. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. These are just scenes that I like. The card table scenes I have problems with. But the altar scene where he's all choked up and she's just looking so angelic in his work. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, yeah, he needs an award for that scene. I will say that's one of the things I love about this movie because he got a taste of his own medicine. Like you have been running around this entire, your entire college career. She does this once and now you're trying to flip out over her. Like I, I like this movie because he was not treating her right and really got a taste of his own medicine. Now, I don't, uh, I want to go into what's problematic because there's so much, but I'm going to stop there and say another uh, one of my, like one of my favorite scenes had to have been with Harper and Jordan when the Stevie Wonder record starts to, to um, scratch. That's like a classic scene uh, that I think everybody remembers and loves and knows. So uh, that's one of my favorites. And uh, and then of course the candy scene at the at the oh, very yeah. end, like with the electric slide. Yeah, that obviously changed what the electric slide looked like. You know, when a, a movie mm-hmm. has that much impact on the culture, that people do the electric slide to candy. You know, that's a big deal. Now we do it to Beyonce. Yeah. before I let go. But you know, for years that we're doing is, it to yeah. candy. <laughs> <laughs> I also think too, just having a black movie centered around a wedding. I think we love it as well because we don't see a whole lot of these types of events, I feel like, in Black TV shows and media. Mm. So to have a movie like solely dedicated, even though it yeah. it has a lot of things with it, I think just it being centered around a wedding, yeah, I think people like it. Yeah. And, the, you know, the music is just, yeah. The music, the acting, listen, so I've seen the final chapters and- if I can just say, whoever did this casting deserves every single award that is out there because still these people are acting their behinds off. They're in their 50s now. And when I tell you the acting from this movie, from the first movie to the Best Man Holiday to the final chapters is just superb. The cast is absolutely stunning. Like mm-hmm. such a beautiful cast. Um, thank God that Tay Diggs got his hairline together from the first movie to, to now, but still like just, just beautiful people, beautiful <laughs> people all together. Um, yeah, uh, let's, let's jump into what's problematic because Samaria can't wait. You go off girl. <laughs> okay. The fact that there's a wedding in the first place, I mean, why? I get that they're young and they feel like they're in love and all of that. But the fact that there was even a wedding knowing how he behaved in college, I think was insane to me. And then I guess, of course, you know, with the best man holidays, he did go on to be a faithful husband, but in real life. It would have been over. Yeah. Very unrealistic, very unrealistic. So that's number one. I'll let you go because I can, I can go down the list (laughs) of problems. (laughs) So I'm going to circle back to the card table scene. So one of the things that's problematic for me, and it's seen throughout the the theme of the movie, but mm-hmm. I'm focusing on this scene okay. uh, just because the acting is so good in that part. Um, it's just this like fixation on only him being, only her being with him. 
I just was not here for that. And you touched on it in that, like, there's this double standard of like, he could be out here wilding out, but it was problematic because it felt like his ego and obsession with her yes was that she was so faithful and she had only been with him so for me that's just problematic because obviously the double standard but it's like okay well what's your interest in this marriage and her beyond that yes. you being like her one. loyalty that you think is there obviously we all want loyalty but I think his was just extremely focused mm. on that and then another thing from that scene um is I think it's Quentin's character where he's like basically you know marriage you know monogamy isn't for me I think uh Lance goes on to say like well you know marriage is the only thing that can keep me faithful or something yeah clearly that's problematic but also just the company you keep because I don't understand why you would think it's okay to have someone in your inner circle like that who's who has such an opposing view and it kind of, I understand that y'all were in college together and y'all are moving on to the next phase, but I don't know. I think this is another reason why like people have the mindset of like married people kind of hang around other married people. Um, (laughs) Just because this idea of that, you know, the friends can influence the behavior, even though you're accountable for your own actions, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I, I, I had a problem with it. Yeah. Sorry, I, I'm going to take us back a little bit because okay. another beautiful scene was uh, the moment with uh, Candace, Regina Paul's character, and okay. Merck, oh. when she was like, listen, I just do this, you know, for money. I'm actually like taking my studies very seriously. And he does this like Audre Lorde quote and she recognizes it. I thought that was a really beautiful, mm-hmm. uh, beautiful moment. Like, y'all better bond over Audre Lorde, you know? Uh, <laughs> so I thought that was really nice because it shows us, don't judge a book by its cover. Like, obviously this is what she's doing, but she has serious ambitions. And um, and even, even if she didn't, but I'm just saying like, don't judge, you know, based off of what you see somebody doing, you never know the depth behind them. So, okay, mm-hmm. now that I got that out of the way, um so Robin and I understand like you know she's I don't want to say like a little bit of a hippie but you know like just free-spirited this man proposed to this woman no ring at somebody else's wedding that one ring and then he like makes this big scene about it And, and she says yes I'm like girl after after what he had done the day before or the night before or whenever now all of a sudden within less than 24 hours you're very serious and you want to like propose to this woman so I just I don't like that because it seems very not thought through like she Mm. was just a you know that Bruno Mars song um something about let's get married like what what else are we gonna do oh yeah Uh, you were looking for something dumb to do. I think I want to marry you. That's the vibe it gave me. That right there. Or Jagged Edge, meet me at the altar in your white dress. We ain't getting no younger. Like those are the vibes that yeah. um, that scene was giving me. Uh, for the sure. scraps. Because he yeah. also had a black eye. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm glad that they did the holiday and the final chapter so that we could just see 
see the progression of these characters because you don't get to see it. like love and basketball if we talked about they they start off really as kids and then go into adulthood but with these characters we don't see it and i think the best man holiday and then the final chapters really do a good job of showing the progression of these um these people yeah also just like the entire premise of the movie of like this secret being inside of a book yeah. and uh, I think it was the scene where Jordan is like getting all ready um, to have a hot night <laughs> and yeah. like he shows up and with the black eye and you know she's upset but he still isn't taking accountability no. for the fact that one you did it and then two you actually put it in a book he's still blaming her it's so many things it's so many things let me think what else uh <laughs> Of course, how um, Melissa D'Souza's character, oh, the mm. name is escaping me right now. But of course, how she treated Merch, um, that was extremely problematic. Uh, I, I like that it was kind of a contrast between, you know, Lance and Mia, like how he was dogging her the entire time. And mm -hmm. we have like a woman who's in the power position. So that was an interesting dynamic, but I do think it was very problematic. Um, the way that their relationship was and then yeah I think Robin being in that room with with Jordan and Mia and then like almost coming to the rescue and trying to make sure like fixing things and putting herself to the side which is a theme that you know they explore later on in the like final chapters but yeah it it just all struck me as wrong like you're in the room with two women who one you're I guess, boyfriend slept with the other one he was trying to sleep with last night. And now you're here being the good Samaritan. I don't know. It just didn't sit well with me. I'll, I'll ask you this. So do you think one of the reasons why people love this movie is that I guess with the main characters, Mia and, um, Lance. and Lance, how they do end up getting married, right? Yeah. But I think in real life, there's this, I don't know, way of thinking that men can never get over cheating and move forward yeah. and that women can just kind of see past a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So do you think that the movie taking the course that it did where she messed around on him or whatever mm -hmm. and he was able to forgive her? So she kind of, I don't want to say got away with it, but he kind of end up having egg on his face in the end. Do you think that that whole dynamic is why people are drawn to the movie is that she kind of got, I don't want to say the final laugh, but yeah. in real life, we see it the opposite way playing out. Yeah, I think people like this movie also because it's juicy and the acting is really good. Oh yeah. I think, but I, I definitely think that sweetens the deal that he had to like, swallow like get a taste of his own medicine and I think that definitely adds to the juiciness of this and yeah maybe it goes into the whole oh people can make mistakes and still recover from it but I think that in and of itself is problematic and I want us to be freed from that trope I, I do like no if they mess up it's okay to not ever be in their presence because I think when you see it so many times, it seems like that's what, what should be normalized or what is normal. And it shouldn't be normalized. It is not normal. If they play you like that, it's okay to chunk up the deuces and be out. Yeah, no, you don't have to have any more fight. 
yeah like for what reason what was that reason but yeah um we could honestly talk about more movies and have a part two let us know on instagram in our dms or if you're watching on youtube in the comments because we did have a few other like movies and shows to talk about so let us know if you guys would enjoy a part two and we'll definitely do that um but we're gonna go into our last segment which is girl what's good yeah, where we talk about something we've been loving for the past couple of weeks. It could be a book, a product, a store, anything that we've been loving. So Samaria, what's been good with you? Okay, so mine is a show, which it almost always is, but it's on Netflix. It's called Physical 100. I believe mm-hmm. it is based in South Korea. And it's where like a hundred strong people from different backgrounds. So some of them are MMA fighters. Some of them are dancers. Some of them are other types of athletes. Some of them just do like bodybuilding and stuff like that. Um, Some of them are in the military, different backgrounds. And a hundred of them come and pretty much do like a squid, was it squid games uh, type thing where eventually there's going to be a winner. Mm. And I enjoy that because I love competition shows And I think it's really good because it's like Squid Games, which was entertaining for most people to watch, except they're just getting sent home. They're not dying. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's what I've been enjoying um, for the last several weeks. So that's my Okay. Yeah. All right. So what's been good with me is I'm back in Zumba, y'all. So (laughs) what y'all may not know is that I faithfully went to Zumba for like, five or six years before the pandemic. And I actually used to teach, Samaria did as well. Um, But yes, I used to teach for years. And um, with the pandemic and being pregnant, I stopped going. And I just started back maybe like a month ago. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is my first time being back in like a group fitness class. And I've been absolutely loving it. I mentioned last year that I uh, subscribed to if you can move.com, which is Kira Lachey's online fitness gym. Yeah. But I was really craving going back in person and mm-hmm. I've been absolutely loving it. I've been able to go to two classes a week and I don't know, like I think having the break was a good thing because, you know, for doing it for so long, it's like, oh, okay, kind of can get a, a bit monotonous, but I'm actually like excited to be back in yes. it. So yeah, that's what's been good with me. Thanks. All right. Well, listen, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the Girlfriends and Goals podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Girlfriends and Goals podcast to share your thoughts on this topic. And if you haven't subscribed already, please go ahead and do that now. Don't forget to rate, review, and share. Until next time. Bye. Bye.